Welcome to episode five of Storytellers of STEM. My name is Rachel Villani. Today's storyteller is my very dear friend, Carolyn World Turner. She was a medic in the U.S. Army, and she's going to tell us the story of how she became a medic, uh, where she plans to go from here, and just sort of it evolves into a conversation between good friends. I've known Carolyn for X number of years, and I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't want to get in trouble. We've known each other since third or fourth grade, so you go ahead and do the math so that I'm not the one in trouble. Um, but we were just sitting in her car recently when she was in town having a having a dinner with friends that we grew up with. So we're if you hear some dinging here or there, that's why. But uh, it made us a surprisingly good sound studio or at least I was surprised but um yeah so this is Carolyn's story of how she became a medic in the U.S. Army and how that was and sort of how her life has meandered since then you know as things do when you're in the military so uh enjoy this story are you ready to tell me your story the story of you joining the army and being a medic and now studying gerontology and where the path will go ago. from here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Where you want to start exactly? Why did you join the army and how did you end up becoming a medic? I joined the army because back in high school, while I was a good student, I was not the best student. And when I lost tops because of failing chemistry... Chemistry sucks. Chemistry sucks. <laughs> um, I've realized my top option was gone, and my dreams of going to Ole Miss were gone with that. Well, you couldn't go to Ole Miss anyway with tops. No, but the scholarship potential was sure. gone with yeah, yeah. no. So I started thinking about following in family footsteps of joining the military. Uh-huh. And I had wanted to be a submariner, but back in 02, 03, women were not allowed on submarines, so that one away. And then I realized it's very claustrophobic in a submarine and I don't like that to begin mm-hmm. with. Then I looked at being a corpsman, which is the Navy's medic. Okay. And I took my ASVAB score and my ASVAB scores for the Navy were not high enough. What's the ASVAB? The ASVAB is the aptitude test that all anybody joining the military wants to take. Okay. And it's for all branches? All branches. Okay, um, cool. It's just how each branch reads the scores are different mm-hmm. so the okay. army's going to read them different from the navy okay. so on and so forth um but my scores weren't high enough for the navy and they wouldn't give me the corpsman position so one day in rotc the army recruiter came by and we were talking he's like oh you did you scored this i can get you i can get you medic so i signed i brought the paperwork home and my Navy daddy said, I'm not signing this. So <laughs> my mom signed my debt paperwork, which is the delayed entry program. And so in senior year at the beginning, I joined the army. And then August of 2003, I left for basic training at Fort Jackson. Yes. Yeah, so that was right after we graduated high school. Yes. A I got, months later. I got a free summer of fun mm-hmm. where, where we went to Pensacola, right? Yeah. It was that summer. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was before we, we went to Pensacola. Then I went to Fort Jackson while y'all went to LSU and SLU and whatever other, some variation of U and S. (laughs) Yeah, and Johnson and Wales. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then um, after my nine weeks, I graduated November 6th, which was my daddy's birthday. And then I went to Fort Jackson or Fort Sam Houston, San Antonio for my AIT or my advanced individual training course. Okay. Which is where they taught me how to be a 91 whiskey, which was the identifier or the MOS at the time. Um, It's the first half of school is learning how to be an EMTB or an EMT basic. Okay. Which is pretty much a glorified ambulance driver and oxygen provider. <laughs> then after I received my EMT, they're like, and forget everything we just told you, do it this way now. So they taught us all the combat stuff, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. And when you have shitty veins like I do, you get stuck as the <laughs> IV dummy. <laughs> Because it was... A good practice. Yes. If you can hit Franks, you can hit anybody. <laughs> and, yeah. So, I have I have trail track marks. But don't worry. It's just from the military. Just It's just from the military. <laughs> the Alpha Company 232, Fort Sam Houston. Uh, and then from there, I went to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, mm-hmm. where I was a healthcare specialist in the family practice clinic, which meant I did vital signs and minor procedures. This was in 04, 05. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends at the time were getting deployment orders for downrange. Sadly, I did not get deployment orders. I got Korea orders. I don't think sadly is the right word. Well, so <laughs> Depending on what your goal is, I guess. Because I know you've talked about Korea before and how awesome it was. Yes, Korea was awesome. But when you're a 91 Whiskey Healthcare Specialist Combat Medic... In right, order to not get, going in combat. To get the combat medic portion... Sure, yeah. You need, need combat. Yeah. But instead, right. I was just a medic. Still awesome. It's Especially still awesome. in Korea. It's still awesome. There was, there was almost a time back in 06 when we almost had combat because Kim Jong-il was firing his little missiles off and yeah had a couple of red cycle weekends yeah all right so you went from Leavenworth to Korea and then while in Korea to Korea to the Republic of South Korea Suwon Air Base to be exact very lovely little place (laughs) I can show you an amazing bagogi hut if you ever go okay I remember that (laughs) (laughs) then uh, halfway through I got pregnant with my eldest. My husband and I got married while we were over there. Mm-hmm. I know, sore subject. You weren't invited. Sorry. Not a sore subject because you called me and told me all this information and I had to go outside so I could react. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, at the time, my husband had return orders for Fort Hood, Texas, which I did not want to go to Fort Hood. So, I called my first sergeant back at Leavenworth. And asked if he still needed medics. And he said, yes. And I said, okay, put in for a world turner time two. <laughs> and he was like, there's only one. I was like, no, there's two. And there's going to be three. <laughs> that was a whole nother litany of we told you not to do this, stupid privates. Um, I digress. Yeah, well, it's turned out so it's, good so far. I mean, it's 14 years and counting. So sure. we'll see what happens. Probably pretty good. <laughs> I get half of everything now, so we're good. You got half of that 14 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so we went back to Leavenworth where I had my eldest mm-hmm. and then we got out I got out the army my husband stayed in and then I joined the Kansas National Guard I don't think I knew that okay yeah <laughs> I joined the Kansas National Guard for one year oh, and when you go from daily 
work to one week in a month. Sure, yeah. That's a big difference. It, it was a drastic difference. Yeah. And it was a new unit, and they weren't doing things the way that I was accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And then Jason got recruitment selection, so we moved back to New Orleans mm-hmm. for three years. And then we had Grayson and... Sure. Chaos ensued. Chaos ensued. <laughs> so I finished my time with the inactive ready reserve for three years. And then I was just a mom. No, you were all an awesome mom, not just a mom. Let's be clear. <laughs> Nobody's just a mom. Jury's out. Jury's out. Um, the awesome is subjective. But we continued, and I've always had a soft spot for old people, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. My grandmother is the oldest of 12, and my mom's the youngest of five. Yeah, your mom's a lot of siblings, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my grandmother had more. Yeah. And then I have a shitload of cousins. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them are 15 plus years older than I am. So. Yeah, it's just quite an age difference and quite a lot of them. Yes. I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly, just within my generation, the eldest and the youngest, there's 40 years between them. Good grief. <laughs> I may be misquoting yeah. that. We can have. We get the concept though. It's yeah, a lot. there's there's Big gaps. Huge. Well, I mean, Shalina's seventeen years older than I am, right? Yeah, and we're in the same generation, so. Yeah. But we've always had. Old people. Right. Around. So I've always had a special, pension for old people. Yeah. And then just I I enjoy, medical. Right. In general, trauma is amazing. <laughs> Blood and guts are beautiful. Yeah, and I would just puke Uh, and make it worse. And then, because of my accident proneness, I'm constantly finding new ways to handle trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I have one of each knee brace that you need. Um, But then when, after Jason did recruiting, we went to Fort Bliss, and then from Fort Bliss we went to Fort Polk, and I went to Fort, uh, we didn't go to Fort anywhere, we went to Germany. That's where we currently are. And I found out that my GI Bill was ticking down Mm -hmm. and I needed to use it or lose it. So So you should use it. Obviously. You earned it. I paid for the damn thing. I need to use it. So we, um, I went and I started back on classes. And when I'd been in Korea, I took some psychology classes thinking, I'm going to be a psychologist. Uh It's going to be amazing. Taking psychology classes 11 years later, I realized I suck at empathy. <laughs> I hear you, man. <laughs> <laughs> the suck it up is not what the psychologist should be telling you right, to yeah. do. And so I, I decided I needed to find something else. During this time frame, I took an intro to gerontology. And something just clicked. Yeah, it made sense to you. Yes, I, yeah. I get this. We are constantly aging. We all we are all hopefully going to right. age. We're lucky enough. to get to that yeah. uncomfortable point in our lives. And it's uh, obviously my parents are starting to enter mm-hmm. this demographic, and my right. dad had a couple of health issues back in 2016 that brought everything to the forefront mm-hmm. of oh shit, I should probably know right what needs to be done. So I went and changed my major to gerontology and aging services. 
and it's been amazing the amount of things that you don't know you don't know right and I feel like there's a lot of things that like you don't know till you get to be in your 60s or something yes. that yeah unless you're educated in it you just have no idea it happens the, or the resources available to even if you live out in BFE bush mm-hmm. the resources that are available that you can utilize or who you should call to find out Mm-hmm. What resources? Right, you yeah, where have to start it. looking? Yes, yeah. like the um, the local out, uh, area agency on aging. They are the people like ground zero for right, yeah. all. Yeah, there's the building around the corner. It's the Council on Aging. And yes. when I was an idiot kid, I thought it was the Council on Agging. <laughs> Not what it is. Council on Aging. <laughs> Signs you grew up in the country. Agging <laughs> right. is why it's in the middle of town. I don't know. But it's the Council on Aging. It is. So. Covington's kind of I do know that that's a thing now. That I know how to pronounce the word properly. (laughs) Fifth word education. Yes. Uh, But just knowing where to go. Sure, yeah. That's the big thing. And then um, my pipe dream, hopefully, is that after I've completed this uh, degree plan, I will go on for my master's Mm -hmm. in social services. And then be a geriatric social worker for the VA, specializing in making sure veterans receive the services that they are entitled to and are not being abused or taken advantage mm-hmm. of by the VA itself yeah, or the other system entities. Or people yeah. Or, yeah, I feel like there has got to be a current need and also a growing need for that. Yes. Um, Especially as we continue to age. Sure, yeah. Because by um, right now, we are in a semi-triangle format. What does that mean? Well, so as you age, traditionally, we've been in a triangle format where the workforce has been larger than the retirement force. Okay. We are now getting to the point. Getting top-heavy, kind of? Yes. Well, there's lower birth rates. And our boomer generation is heavier than our current generation. So we're going into a more rectangle. Mm -hmm. But soon it's going to be an upside down pyramid. Because less workforce but higher boomers. And as everybody ages and is not replaced. Yes. Basically. um, According to the 2017 census, there were 47 million seniors living in the U.S. Okay. They are projecting that by 2016, 2060, this number is going to jump to 100 million Yeah, it's over double. Yes. Yeah. And the resources that we have with Social Security, they're not being paid into the same way that they were paid into previously because of a smaller workforce. Right, it's your people. Yeah. Right. So, figuring out how we're going to struggles ahead for sure yeah um so how far are you in your program you're almost done right if you're getting close yeah if we were not moving i have six classes left okay uh actually five classes because i'm because whatever you're currently taking yeah what i'm currently taking right now which is um administration 
geriatric or administration care. So how to run yeah, yeah. senior centers and okay. nursing facilities. So there'd be five classes left, but we're getting ready to move from Germany back to the United States. Mm -hmm. And so that puts a hold on my classes. Is it because of just like the logistics of actually having to move and like literally not being able to handle doing that and also moving across the world? Or is it just like the way the semesters fell out? Part of it is the way the semesters are falling because I currently attend a University of Maryland Global Campus mm -hmm. and they're eight week sessions. Okay. And so the way that the semesters fall, or the sessions fall, and then our logistical move. Sure, yeah, because we're moving in the middle of summer. The middle of the summer, it's a transatlantic move. A lot. We don't know <laughs> if the army is sending us directly from Germany to Washington. Right. Or... Right. Right. Yeah, it'd be easier to not have to also do homework while yeah. wondering yes. where your car is <laughs> and wondering if I have uh, a strong internet connection. Right. That's the yeah. Other. It's like hmm, yeah, Java, Starbucks. Please give me Wi-Fi. So you have time on your GI Bill to finish that with the move and everything. Yes. Oh, that's I, good. I won't be able to completely pay for my master's program. Oh, but you'll get pretty far. Yeah. So that's good. I'll be able to knock out a good chunk of my master's yeah, that's with good. my GI Bill still, though. Yeah. So the, the way the master's works for this, is it... Um, so, like, I did my master's and it was a thesis research project. Mm -hmm. Do you do that? Or is it coursework? Or is it, like, coursework and, like, a practical hands-on thing? Like, how does it work? Um, so, I haven't... It depends on which college you okay, go to. Okay, that makes sense. Um, the one that I was looking at, it was coursework with practicals. Yeah, that seems like uh, the most useful in this field, yes. if I was A friend of guessing. mine from Germany, she's currently going for her master's in this... Assembly. She has the same, pretty much... Yeah. Degree plan. Um, she's doing practicals, wall working, and she got uh, hired on by Habitat for Humanity, I think it was, mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Okay. And so she's able to do workplace experience, oh. wall. Right. Yeah. Doing all getting of her degree together. things. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So I think I maybe missed this in the very beginning. Where did the interest in the medical part come in was it just like a love of blood and gore or just uh i don't was can't... It, i'm wondering if it was curious because like you know your dad was a fireman was it just like a tangent off of that or just something you were exposed to i don't know the exact like when exactly uh -huh. i do know when i was 14 15 i had really bad wrist pain and so mm -hmm. we had to go to the doctor for all of that and i have a dis distinct memory remember this yeah <laughs> we are going i had to have a um a dye oh yeah done on my wrist <laughs> i totally forgot about all this right and when we're going you can still see where they scoped the scars from huh. the, the yeah. scope on my wrist um when they're injecting the dye the it's filling the cavities in my hand and it's mm -hmm. raising the skin and I'm like a, going oh. like a balloon I'm like mom look at this and my mom's like no this is so I just I can't right now and I'm yeah. like but it's so that it's was probably so it then and so there's that one or I think when we were living in Washington back in 91 back when your dad was in the Navy back when daddy was still duty Charlotte had an accident Mm. Where she went to sit in one of those old kill you umbrella strollers, mm -hmm. and her finger got caught, oh. and it went down to the bone. Ugh. And um, 
my mom freaked out over it. Like, yeah. she didn't look at it. She wrapped yeah. it up in paper towels and then rushed her to the ER. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there going, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, so it was probably just think, like an innate fascination that you yes, just sort of had already. I think so. Just in the opposite way of someone like me who wants not to look at it. <laughs> Where I'm like, here, what? Look at your bones sticking up. And then part of it was... One thing I distinctly remember is when you broke your clavicle. Oh, yeah. That was gross. Just being fascinated, like, how'd you do that? It still sticks out. You were running. How did you... I wasn't running. I fell off a horse. I thought you did it when we were playing softball. No, somebody else must have done that. I fell off a horse. And I did not tuck and roll correctly. I'm more like tucked and splat. (laughs) (laughs) We were right over the front of the horse. The horse was old, just tripped and stopped, and I kept going. It's a, it still, like, sticks up weird. It did not heal correctly. Oh, that's not bueno. <laughs> yeah. And then just my ankle issues with... Right, you have lots of those. <laughs> you have enough ankle issues for, like, 12 different ankles. <laughs> well, the one's reconstructed. Yeah. But now I'm trying to screw up the other one. It's got to bring it... I told, I told Jason I'm just going to replace my right leg. And that's what bionic, I need, a whole new right leg. Right? <laughs> I'd be just part be robot. Bionic. That'd be okay. Amazing. I mean, it'd be okay if it was... You know, if society would be okay with this and not judge me. <laughs> or, like, stare at it because they're awkward, don't know what to do with it. We don't you know? trust bionic people. Well, Yeah. Um, the only other question I have for you is I wondered if, because, you know, we've known each other for X number of years. Thank you. Thank and you. you live next to your grandma. Um, and I don't know, like... If you know, and you got to see her age some, I wonder if that, and I don't know, I wonder if that had any impact on like being so close to your grandma or just your family in general because your family is pretty close, yeah. like at least emotionally. That, that, has, if that had any impact that has had a, a probably a big deciding factor in it. Yeah, I um, can see that with both of my grandmothers. I lost both my grandfathers back in early 90s. Um, but even I have distinct memories yeah. of them. Sure, yeah. But then I lost my mom's mom in 2006, mm-hmm. and then I lost um, Edith in 2010. Um, how they aged? Because it was two very sure, different yeah. deaths. One of them was more of a wasn't natural, but right the progression of a brain tumor. And then the demise of pretty much the yeah, brain. Yeah, it kind of falls off a cliff at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what kind of what happened to my grandma. Because I, I remember with when I called to tell my parents that I was pregnant, I got put on the phone with Eunice. Mm-hmm. And she heard my mom and dad discussing it in the back. <laughs> and she's like, who's having a baby? And I'm like... I'm having a baby, Grandma. And she she was very happy. Sure. She's like, oh, my Bambino's having a Bambino. <laughs> uh, so it was very... She, in her dementia form with the tumor, was... Yeah. But then with Edith and the accident, it was sudden. Right, yeah. And even though the accident was in February and she didn't physically pass away until June, that that time frame between the two. Right. It it wasn't my grandmother. No, I yeah. Uh, 
she would peek out at times, mm-hmm. but that was not the woman that I had known for the past right x number of years. Right, yeah. And it's hard when that happens. Seeing the care that she received initially at the Slidell Hospital mm-hmm. and then when they moved her down to Tulane and then when they moved her to the Slidell Rehab House and then finally when they we moved her down to St. Joseph's in Baton Rouge how those the emergency room and then the three rehab hospice facilities now what I know now I wish I had known then yeah. because we would not have wasted so much time mm-hmm. in the, the second and the third right. facilities it's hard to let go though right like you want to do thing for the person you want them to get good care yes it's it's really hard and yeah it, and it, edith was a a spitfire uh-huh i that, remember <laughs> when i remember we were in the hospital and i was eight months pregnant with grayson the our youngest and i she was supposed to be coming to get a pedicure mm-hmm. and when jason called and said we have to go to the hospital i knew it was bad we go in and she was trying to pull herself up on the bar above mm-hmm. the bed. And I was like, Edith, you can't move. And I, she's like, I want to go home. And I'm like, you can't go home. You got to wait. They got to find the doctor. She's like, well, he needs to get his ass in here. <laughs> I was like, well, they're trying yeah. to find the hottest doctor. He better be hot. <laughs> I have a sweet ass. And I'm like, oh, God. So. Yeah. Learning, especially the course that I'm taking right now on how rehab facilities are supposed to be run sure yeah things should have been done differently yeah when we had to deal with her well now you have all of the information and with your aging family or people you know or aging wherever you might work uh down the road i'm gonna ignore that comment for now because you're only two months younger than me Uh, You'll hit the mention before I I do. think that you now know what you need to know. And I think that yes. that will benefit you and your family and hopefully veterans. Or wherever you end up working, if it's not the VA. The majority of my family is veterans. Also that. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so both. I'm just going to be tapped time. for the friends. For like, you, you really should be like, trust me. I got this. I know what I'm talking <laughs> like, about, people. The you army met paid my for dad. me to learn. <laughs> I didn't agree to that. I said, what? Uh, no, I mean, your family's great. Um, they wouldn't be, like, you know, an additional set of parents to me if they were horrible people. Oh, yeah, favorite daughter. <laughs> they're, they're, favorite daughter. I know. It's because they don't have to put up with me that much. They just don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> favorite. It's okay. If I get... Jason and I ever get divorced, I'm out. Jason's in, so. Well, I'll keep you. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably keep Jason, too. I'll just keep you separate. <laughs> yeah, I've been told I'm out the door. Um, well, that's all I've got for you. That's an, Yeah, you took quite a, like, rambling path just because of the nature of being in the military. It just literally makes you ramble. Um, you gotta connect the points. Yeah. And next up, you're going to Seattle or Tacoma? Uh, Seattle, Tacoma, Jim, yeah, yeah. Fort Lewis, McCord. The greater metro area, which is like half of the state of Washington. Pretty much, pretty um, much. Canada. We're going to Canada. You're going several hours from Canada, yes. But Vancouver is beautiful. Uh, 
think it's only like an hour and a half, two hours it's, to the Canadian border. That might be true, but to Vancouver, I think it's three hours from Seattle to Vancouver. Nope. Canadian border equals Canada. It, it does. <laughs> There's just nothing past that. There's just nothing there. It's just another hour or something to Vancouver. That's where we went in March. Nope. I don't... I don't um, the area's really beautiful, though. I hope so. It is. I hope There's so. a shitload of people. The weather's not great. I don't know. But it's a really be- beautiful area. Lots of parks and... Hopefully they have enough scout outdoor stuff. stuff I'm confident kids. that they do. <laughs> I feel like they Gotta will. get those eagles knocked out. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Rebels. So that was uh, Carolyn's story and, you know, the conversation that sort of ensued from there. And I just wanted to clarify a few things that we talked about. TOPS uh, is a program for students in Louisiana that helps provide tuition, well, waivers, really. It waives tuition and provides a stipend if you meet a certain level of eligibility. Um, And it was vital for me and several friends and lots of people I've known now uh, to attend college and be able to afford it in a way that we would not have been able to afford it before. But to do that, you had to have certain GPA, meet certain requirements, and then attend a school, like a state school within Louisiana. So it was a really great program. So that's what TOPS is. And so when I say that I want a robot leg, I really mean like Terminator style, something like super high tech and advanced and sci-fi ish. But I'm really just making fun of my leg, my right leg, because it's injury prone and has a history of ridiculous injuries. Uh, So I'm just making fun of myself uh, and being injury prone. And I I hope that nobody was offended by that. Uh, And also... Miss Mary, Mr. David, if y'all happen to listen to this, uh, obviously you know that I think you were awesome and we were just messing around. Uh, and I know I'm not your favorite daughter, so uh, I'm, I'm coping with that. Uh, any rate, so I hope that y'all enjoyed Carolyn's story and check us out next week because we will have my friend Lauren talking about Sea Grant and you know, sort of how she ended up at LSU in the first place. And yeah, it's a, it'll be a good conversation. So check us out next week. I lied to y'all. I have one more fact check, sort of. When Carolyn says she needs to knock out those eagles right there at the very end, what she means is eagle scouts because her sons are both in boy scouts and scouting and so knocking out those eagles means getting her sons to become eagle scouts and them working on that she's not uh knocking out any bald eagles anybody so don't get up in arms all right thank you this episode of Storytellers of STEM with me, your crazy host, Rachel Villani. And if you want to be on this podcast, you should either go find me on Twitter at Flying Cypress, F-L-Y-I-N-G-C-Y-P-R-E-S-S at Flying Cypress. Get in touch there or on my website, R-A-C-H-E-L-V-I-L-L-A-N-I.com. And you can click on Storytellers of STEM at the top and there's a link for a Google form. And if you want to be on the podcast, either fill out that form or find me on Twitter 
and reach out and I will absolutely have you on this podcast because I want to tell your story as much as I want to hear your story. So come and tell me about it and thank you for listening. Thank you.